With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all, welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I am your host, Ajit. In this episode, let us take a look at the two semi-finals of the T20 Cricket World Cup and then also have a quick preview of the finals before we take a look at some of the news from off the field. Let's dive in right away. Let's look at the first semi-final. First semi-final was contested between England and New Zealand and this, this was quite a wonderful game. So both the semifinals were good, but you know the first one. Somehow, whenever you are supporting a team like New Zealand, they are always the emotional favorites. They are always the dark horses or the underdogs, whichever we want to refer to them. And very much they were the underdogs as well going into this game because you know England was one of the traditional favorites, and in this case, their bowling as well as the batting was pretty well balanced. That is English. One thing that worked in New Zealand favor was the toss. So New Zealand won the toss and they elected to bowl first. As has been the case for most part of the tournament, the team that wins the toss chooses to you know, chase and has been more or less successful. Again, in this case, for England, Josh Butler and Johnny Best opened because of the injury to Jason Roy. Well, they could not really get away to as fast a start as they would have liked. So when Bairstow was dismissed in the sixth over, the score was 37. In a way, if they could have gotten a couple more boundaries in the over, it could still be considered fairly healthy. David Milan coming in at three played a good hand. Josh Butler or Johnny Bairstow really couldn't carry on from that point, of course. And then him along with Moeen Ali built a solid, solid platform. So they took the score to about 116. In the 15th, 16th over, when you know David Milan was dismissed for 41. But... You know, David Milan also slowed down a little, one felt, because he was going at a strike rate of 150 and maybe he could have accelerated from then on. But even when he got out, he had a reasonable strike rate. 137 strike rate is pretty good. Moin Ali continued to bat in the same vein, finished with a 50 with a strike rate of 137. Liam Livingston and Oyn Morgan, who came in, sort of 
tried to push the score a little bit and they ended up with a very competitive 166 you know if you are a bit harsh you could say they were probably 10 to 15 runs short but given the way their bowling has performed throughout the tournament they would be fairly confident and for about 15 overs into the new zealand innings they were right with that so before we go away if you look at the bowling analysis to tim saudi has been quite a revelation as far as new zealand is concerned he took one for 24 of his uh, four mostly he's bowled before the death still he does a very good job surprisingly the spinners were attacked a little ishodi took one for 32 when it came their turn to bat so new zealand lost martin guptill very early he was dismissed by works in the very first over but darrell mitchell was hanging on he was scoring at a decent clip ken williamson went early so that was again another big blow but then devon conway who was also keeping in this game by the way for uh, new zealand him and darrell mitchell built a platform so they were a bit behind the rate at all times but they were still you know trying to get to a point where they would give their finishers like glen phillips jamie nisham even mitchell santner a chance devon conway was striking at about 120 and he got dismissed for a 46 a very well compiled 46 must be said and he must be said he made way at the right time because glen phillips and you could think james nisham could from that point on take over right but unfortunately glen phillips couldn't take off but then darrell mitchell kept james nisham company who played a real real blinder so it must be you know it must be remembered this is the guy who after the failed attempt in the 2019 world cup uh, i think jokingly or not even very jokingly on twitter said why are you even playing the sport go become a baker or pick up some other profession and then die happy at 60 why does one have to you know go through so much of pain stress and everything and then have these heartbreaking moments he was referring to the 2019 world cup but here i think he came out with a mission right so he made 27 of just 11 balls with three sixes they really went after the death bowlers of england right so usually very reliable people like wokes and more importantly jordan and even adil rashid were really really targeted mark wood also gave away a few runs the one really good bowler as far as england was concerned was liam livingston who's like a part timer but I, th- i guess when it comes to t20 he can be considered a full bowler so he was the fifth bowler and he took 2 for 22 he did much better than the more fancied adil rashid who went for 1 for 39 but then you know the twist in the game as far as new zealand came was when uh, james nisham was dismissed so first of all they were chasing something like 57 of the last four which is like a very very incredible chase if they were to achieve it but they achieved it in 3 overs the first two of those uh, jim jimmy nisham went hammer and tongs but then the moment he got out apparently darrell mitchell switched on so he hit a couple of sixes and finished the game in the 19th over so incredibly new zealand won the game with one over to spare and against all odds they are now in the finals another finals they will face australia so if we go into the second semi final a bit of a heartbreak if you are a pakistan fan and also it must be said they were sort of sentimental favorites going into this uh, semi final against australia so australia got into this game against many people's expectations i will not say as a team they never expected to do well but even they would have surprised themselves i think pleasantly to have gotten as far as the semi final they finished second in that group they were going to face the topper in group 2 which was pakistan so again Pakistan even though they lost the toss they started pretty well so they have this batting pair of Mohammad Rizwan and Babar Azam who's been doing well throughout the tournament again they did pretty well they laid a solid foundation so in the 10th over when Babar Azam was dismissed the score was only 71 so Babar Azam really couldn't accelerate he scored only at 115 or so but he had done his job because we know Mohammad Rizwan really picks up the scoring the longer he plays and that's exactly what he did he was 31 of 30 but then he finished 
67 or 52 and even though it's only about 128 129 that stark difference and in that period where he picked up was a beautiful launching platform as far as the hitters were concerned so in this game uh, asif ali was promoted ahead of shoaib malik and mohammad afiz but well he he couldn't get going that can happen right so it, it was at the 19th over and he was dismissed first ball but fakhar zaman did a wonderful finishing job he batted at 170 strike rate and he finished with 55 not out so this gave pakistan a very very strong 176 in in that 20 over as far as australia goes mitchell stark josh hazelwood both quite fancy in the death got taken apart so was pat cummins even though pat cummins i think salvaged a bit of bit of pride in the last over the way he bowled the real revelation was adam zampa four overs one for 22 now australia were really up against it when they started the chase but david warner controlled the first half of the chase brilliantly aaron finch was dismissed first ball again another shine shafri the special in very first over of the innings and well mitchell marsh gave david warner some good support and together they took the score to 52 in the 7th over already so this was very much thanks to david warner who played a blinder you know 163 strike rate and it looked like when he was dismissed apparently the replay showed he was not out but he thought he was out so he walked i guess he was out caught behind of the spinner shadab khan who again did wonderfully well he took 4 for 26 for pakistan but coming to the australian batting steven smith and glen maxwell failed in the middle order so that put a lot of pressure and around this time after david warner had been dismissed they were looking at about 60 odd in 4 4 and a half overs stoinis was sort of already there and sort of had his eye in he scored 40 of 31 balls and he went on to sort of as far as a end game is concerned he did a holding role for australia but the real star of the show was matthew wade who scored an unbeaten 41 of just 17 balls which included three consecutive sixes in the 19th over of shahin shafridi where he closed the game out you can always discuss how pakistani bowling did because i think shahin shafridi's real impact in this game is not visible when you see he took 1 for 35 and then imad wasim 3 for 25 i think this is where david warner did his bit where he attacked the spinners especially imad wasim he attacked him hard he attacked hasan ali very hard earlier and though he couldn't get shadab khan away he also attacked mohammad hafiz so then comes you know haris rauf who was a bit costly i think pakistan really really had the game in their hand up until the 16th over but then the three bad overs they bowled the 17th 18th and the 19th cost them the game in the last two of those overs i think matthew wade played a very clever game as well he had a bit of luck he was dropped by hasan ali it was a tough chance must be said but having got both hands to it probably hasan ali will be a bit disappointed but these things happen in a game i mean i think he was coming off a very tough over where he had been targeted for a few runs by uh, stoinis i think he was hit for a four and a six so it was probably playing on his mind and that's probably why he dropped the catch but that turned out to be really really crucial the catch was dropped in the 19th over and in that very over uh, matthew wade we know went on a rampage and he finished the game for australia and must be said australia against all odds are now in the final what we can expect when we look at the finals well the final first of all will be played in dubai it's pretty much win the toss bowl first sort of a pitch and when we look at the two teams and how they match up it's going to be very interesting because when it comes to australia they have sort of starting to peak at the right time new zealand have been more or less good throughout the tournament and their bowling has been fantastic the way their seamers saudi and trent bolt begin they do a wonderful job i think it's going to be pretty much the first power play in both innings will be very very crucial so let's see how it goes because i think tim saudi and trent bolt versus david warner and finch finch has not been particularly good and i think he'll be itching as a captain and he's usually also a big match player so new zealand will be very very often 
the other big matchup we can see is that of spinners, the leg break bowlers. So Adam Zampa versus Ishodi. Ishodi has been pretty good this tournament. Zampa has been good even in the semi-final. So, and how the two, let's say, backup spinners support them in in the form of Santner for New Zealand and maybe somebody like Len Maxwell for Australia. How they support them is going to be very crucial. And of course, you know, on paper the Australian bowling lineup looks fantastic. People like. Stark, Hazelwood, and Cummins. One of these three, if they turn up and if, it, if they have their day, opposition is blown away. But then, at least in the last game, you saw Pakistani top order taking them apart very clinically. So, and the way the New Zealand middle order has just finished the previous game, they'll carry a lot of confidence in, into the batting as well. And even if they bat first, they'll probably back themselves to score 170 and try and defend it. The same for Australia. So, as I said, really how the two first power play goes. So, maybe somebody like Hazelwood and Stark. Versus you have um, somebody like Guptill and Mitchell. And on the other hand, how Finch and uh, Warner play Saudi and Bolt. This is how real, pretty much how it goes. And of course, there has been a small blow as far as New Zealand are concerned. Because Devon Conway, who's been doing well throughout the tournament for them, has broken his hand. And it happened in a very unfortunate manner. So it was he struck his hand against his own bat in frustration once he was dismissed in the semifinal. And it looks like... He's broken his hand because of that, right? So he hit it in a very odd way and he's broken his hand. That's really unfortunate because not only is he ruled out of the World Cup final, but also he's ruled out of the upcoming tour of India. So that's very unfortunate for Conway, but probably a lesson learned because he's a very talented cricketer. We know this. And I think as long as he channels that uh, energy in the right way, I think he's going to continue to perform really well. I mean, he had done really well in the semi-final. He couldn't take his team across the line. That's why he was probably a bit frustrated. Tim Seifert will take his place. Probably he'll bat in the middle order as well as keep. So what remains to be seen is how much of a difference this this change will make for New Zealand. But they're sort of confident. They're quietly confident as always is with New Zealand teams. One thing that's really against them is history. Having played Australia in you know, 17 knockout games across different tournaments and across you know different formats even, they have beaten Australia only once. And that was all the way back in 1981. And that was... The first of a three-final, you know, series that was usually happen, happening in Australia whenever they had the Benson and series, which, unfortunately for New Zealand, they even lost that tournament. So they had won the first final but went on to lose the second and the third. So in the last 40 years, they have never even beaten Australia in a knockout game. So let's see how this goes and a lot to look forward to for the final. When we look at some of the other news from around the cricketing world, one of the interesting news that has come to our notice is that Bangladesh women who are playing the three ODI series in Zimbabwe have taken the series by winning the second game. So they had already won the first game previously. It was a low-scoring affair, the first one. But the second one as well, in a relatively low-scoring affair, I think the Bangladeshi women's bowling is very, very competent and very hard to handle for the Zimbabwe women. Because in the second game as well, Zimbabwe women were 121 all out. And Bangladeshi women chased down with not a lot of problems and they finished in even time just in the 25th over they chased this down with only one wicket lost so congratulations to the Bangladeshi women's team in other news we hear a lot about the fallout as far as Yorkshire Cricket Club is concerned and there's been one more casualty in this fallout Mark Arthur who was the CEO of Yorkshire has also resigned so he's the second big casualty behind the chairman who had resigned last week Another casualty is, this is a different club, the Essex County Cricket Club in this case. John Farragher, who was uh, the chairman, has resigned over the usage of an alleged racist language in a meeting as far as back as 2017. This is a real reckoning that's happening in English cricket. 
and i think this is a really good thing as far as you know at least some of the people who may have racist attitudes and racist beliefs they are being rooted out the current english captain and senior yorkshire pro joe root has come out in support of his county and in support of game in england in general but has of course said you know some of the things that are currently going on needs to be cleaned up and rightly so moving on the india test squad for new zealand series uh, their home series against new zealand has been released and some some interesting uh, names there so there have been four people rested so pant bumrah and shami have been rested for the whole series kohli has been rested for the first game he'll come back into the squad for the second test and he'll also be leading this is good to see so these fast bowlers as well as the keeper they played a lot of games and it takes a lot of toll on their body we know that but the rest of the bowling attack has been kept consistent shardul thakur who's also not in the t20 squad before the test series has been dropped in the test squad as well maybe he's been given some chance to also recover as well as work on his fitness and some other things it looks like at least some very well known names let's say who were also on the edge of selection have been chosen so for example Shubman Gill is back in the squad after his injury. Shreyas Iyer has been chosen. He's uncapped, of course, in this format. And then Mayank Agarwal is retained in the squad. Jayant Yadav, the spinner, makes a comeback. So some fantastic names who've been sort of, you know, next cabs of the rank. And one of the biggest gainers is K.S. Bharat, the keeper, the RCB keeper, who's been doing really well and who's also been doing well on the first-class circuit for a couple of years already. He's been chosen. So the rest of the fast-bowling lineup, Ishan Sharma, Umesh Yadav, Mohamed Siraj will stay the rest of the spinners ravindra jadeja ashwin and akshar patel will stay and jayant yadav is their backup and the backup fast bowler is also a very interesting name prasid krishna i think when you look at prasid krishna's record he's been chosen mostly based on promise as well as what the coaches and the you know the people behind the scenes have watched when they have seen him perform because he doesn't have that stellar a record but a pretty decent record to, when it comes to first class cricket for karnataka so he's taken i see 20 odd wickets in the last 2 to 3 seasons in an average of 19 which is good but nonetheless congratulations to all those who made the squad a couple of people you might feel are a bit unlucky to miss out people like um, hanuma vihari who's been on the squad or in and out of the squad mostly but the selectors are still keeping him in the count as they say because he's now a part of the india squad that's playing a full series in south africa facing a south africa squad a very strong one so i think he's being sort of groomed as a batsman who's more suited to play outside india given his technique and i think eventually we are going to see horses for courses even with indian cricket so we recently heard a lot of talk about how different fast bowling groups can be chosen for each format this was the outgoing indian fast bowling coach bharat arun's opinion so we might also see horses for courses when it comes to different conditions even when it comes to batting a different set of batsmen for overseas conditions and different set of batsmen or one or two changes in the team when it comes to batting as well for home conditions let's see if you know this is really the way indian cricket goes the depth they really have they can actually afford to do that you may never see people making a huge mountain of runs but then they might actually end up contributing well and helping the team win one uh, other important news is that janet britton mahila jayawardena as well as sean pollock have been inducted to the icc hall of fame i think the latter two need really not a lot of introduction but janet britton if you have been following women's cricket probably knows needs no introduction too she's a real real stalwart she was the most capped women's player until very recently she's played 27 tests in the tests this is the let's say the highest still and then she was also the oldest woman to score a test 100 and she won a world cup with england in the 1993 and she was the top scorer in the final as well so very very well deserved so congratulations to all three of them these were all the news we wanted to discuss in today's episode 
and we wish to have your company for the upcoming episodes where we will discuss the finals of the ICC T20 World Cup as well as we may have a couple of very interesting guests lined up i'm not going to give anything away but there may be some international players who might be guesting our episodes in the upcoming couple of weeks so do keep an eye out for this thank you very much and have a great day wherever you are bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.